He was the son of a poor machinist in a small mining town. Rather than being shackled by the poverty around him, he clung to his scholastic ability and eventually found his way to faith. And that faith set him free to discover a God that would validate his humble beginnings, but lift him higher than any of his human thoughts could dream. He traveled the world mentoring and making disciples, not hampered by where he came from. His life of service wasn't determined by his beginnings, but by his choice to discover God and being willing to do his work. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. and this is Sabbath School University. Welcome back to the show. Um, I'm going to ask you to quickly introduce yourselves. I know you, but for the sake of our audience, introduce yourselves, where you're from, and tell me what is your favorite fruit or vegetable, and what do you know about growing that? Huh. Um, all right, that's pretty in-depth. <laughs> that, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Um, my name is Jeremy Jones. Um, from, I'm a Canadian, Brampton, Ontario, Canada. Favorite fruit? Or vegetable. Oh, favorite fruit or vegetable? Um, oh, I would have to say, um, ganep. It's, it's a Jamaican, ganep. it's a Jamaican, uh, fr fruit. Um, In the Bahamas, we call it canep. Oh, canep, okay, uh -huh. okay. I also know a lot of people pronounce it ganep, too, so there's a whole bunch of different, um, ways to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Um, how to grow it? Live in Jamaica. Good, good sun, good sun and, and rain, I guess. Okay. Hi, my name is Paula Hanau, and I was born in the Dominican Republic, been in America for over 20 years almost. My favorite fruit, I kind of like all of them, but if I have to choose one, I have to say that it would be what I call a melon, which is really the melon. cantaloupe. Okay, cantaloupe. And I really don't know anything about growing it. Okay. <laughs> My, uh, I, my name is David Atari, and I am from New York, and my favorite fruit is watermelon. And Do you know anything about growing it? I just know that you plant a seed, and it does grow on the ground. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get into our lesson on the harvest and harvesters, I want Jeremy to pray and read our key text for today. All right. Everyone by our heads. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I always want to invite your presence uh, as we get into this study today. Um, just help us to really get a new uh, revelation from the scriptures and just help us to see the verses in the way you want us to see them and um, help us to be able to live uh, these lessons out in our lives as well. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, I'll be reading John 15 verse 8 and it's from the NIV. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay. So that you bear much fruit. Now you all gave me your, your favorite type of fruit, and we'll get back to the issue that you don't really know how to grow your favorite type of fruit. But I want to ask you, what is a harvest? A harvest, I would say, is... Uh, 
the process of the, the entire process of bringing about the fruit. So you want to prepare the soil, you want to plant the seed, uh, water it, make sure it gets nutrition, sunlight, uh, and whatever it needs, and then wait for it to grow. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I just think um, there's also a maintenance process while it's growing. Um, we know there's pests that might come and try and take away mm -hmm. or take away the plant, take away your, um, what you're trying to produce. So you got to, I guess, maintain, got to keep an eye on it while it's growing um, to make sure you can, you know, eat that wonderful watermelon at the end of the day. <laughs> Even though he doesn't know how to grow watermelon. Hey, man, it's okay. Yeah. We, know, we know how to eat it. We know what to eat. That's, that's important. That's well, none of us know how to, how to grow our favorite fruits. Maybe that has to do with the environment we grew up. But um, true, true. what is a harvest? It's, it's the fruit. Mm -hmm. It's the result of your work mm -hmm. after planting the little point. seed. Yeah. And you were talking about some elements, you know, that need to be there in terms of having a good harvest. So give me an example or clarify that a little bit more. Some of the elements that we need to have a good harvest. Well, I think uh, David um, already shared some of those, but I will also add that some of the things that we need to have a good harvest would be you need to know your ground first. Um, you need to know what you're planting. What is the seed you're trying to plant? Um, also, you have to prepare the ground. And then once you have prepared the ground, you plant the little seed, and then we don't end there. Um, you watch it, you nurture it, you water it, and you take care, you clean the ground around it. So you nurture it, and that's kind of mm -hmm. how you make sure you have a good harvest. Yeah, I also think you gotta know your climate too. Um, because there's certain things you don't really grow in North America mm. that you would grow in the Caribbean. So I feel you got to know your surroundings as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'd also add to that that um, not every time of the year is the right time to grow a certain food. So you might mm -hmm. want to watch and, you know, in the spring is one type and then in the fall in the same region you might mm -hmm. have a different kind of food. You know, so someone out there is getting confused as to why we're talking about fruit and vegetables. <laughs> so let's bring this into a biblical application okay. in terms of discipleship. What's the connection? Um, well, I feel in terms of discipleship, just as there's a process to growing a fruit, um, I feel that there's a process to becoming a good disciple. Um, as you can see in the lives of um, the 12 disciples, those guys were not perfect. Um, they made a mistake. They made many mistakes, not just one mistake. Um, but I feel, you know, after Jesus died, as soon as he rose, that's when it finally clicked in. And that was a long process mm -hmm. um, that it took them. So I feel there's a long process to getting, you know, the final result of that fruit that you like to eat. And I feel it's the same way uh, when we're looking at discipleship, even growing yourself. Um, there's also a long process in that journey mm -hmm. as well. So we shouldn't really expect something to happen right away because mm -hmm. fruits, that's, that's not, it's not going to happen that way, so I think we should really look at that example mm. um, in our own lives. Yeah. So like fruits, people take time to change and to grow. Amen. Mm -hmm. We do. We do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> good point. It's a very good point. And um, now, in terms of farming, we know that it's a very organized structure. <laughs> How is that important for a harvest? Uh, I think it's important uh, to recognize um, that the farmer knows how it needs to be done because he's the expert. Mm -hmm. And so and then there's the workers who go out and they do what he's asked. And they might not know the entire process, but they, um, the farmer kind of can oversee everything. So in the same, in the same circumstance, 
in church administration, you have the, um, you know, the hierarchy or the administration level. And um, I, I feel that it's important to keep the whole system organized and working mm -hmm. coherently. And it's, it's a reminder as well that everyone has a role to play. Because mm -hmm. in farming, not one person is going to necessarily plant and, and weed and do all of these things. You'll have different people doing those. Yeah, maybe in the old days it would have been one person maybe in the old like, days. With, these, with these super <laughs> huge in farms. This organized yeah. structure, yeah, everyone definitely. has a, a, a role to play. Yeah. Now, is there a biblical basis for that? Was there administration seen even in scripture? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I think we have plenty of, of examples in the Bible. Um, Jesus himself, he delegated hmm. the work. Mm -hmm. He didn't do it all. He came in a way to show us the Father and at the same time, train the disciples to go out into the world mm -hmm. and show mm -hmm. and show the Father to the rest of us. So yeah, we definitely have um, we have those examples of deacons in the New Testament, priests in the Old Testament, pastors all over the the scriptures. And we also one one thing that comes to mind it's when um, Moses' father-in-law told him that he couldn't do everything for himself. He needed to delegate and assign different tasks to other people to help him because he was becoming weary. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. we definitely have um, different examples in the Bible. Okay. Now, mm -hmm. administration is important mm -hmm. and harvest, harvesting as well is important, mm -hmm. but why does that not necessarily affect us having a better harvest? Because for example, mm -hmm. someone mm -hmm. Right, you're responsible for, like I said, sewing and this kind of thing. So you can have a whole lot of people, but does uh, having a whole lot of people necessarily affect the outcome? No, it doesn't. Um, because I feel even if you have a whole lot of people, if they don't know what they're doing, mm -hmm. then it could actually limit the product in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I feel like if you have the people who are working, they really got to know exactly what the, the uh, end goal is and they got to be well versed in their area. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever whatever they're doing in the farming process, they got to know that like the back of their hand, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, Because once they know it, then they'll be able to, uh, you know, contribute to the final product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like a, for example, a an orange farmer mm -hmm. would not know maybe how to plant, do people even plant bananas? I don't know. Would not know <laughs> how to plant a banana. Yeah. So you're saying that you know we all have a different role to play. Yeah. We all have different gifts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how can we as a church, you know, maximize that so that the harvest is better? I think that during the discipling process, um, you might look for you know what's this person's strength. Mm -hmm. Maybe they understand a certain mm -hmm. you know role. In the church, maybe they like to do outreach. Maybe they like to uh, do stay within the congregation, and they're good ministering to the people. Um, it's important to just recognize what the people, what their strengths are, like Jeremy was saying, and uh, and recognize their gifts, and act going with the whole uh, church organization and structure and uh, and unity, uh, recognizing that the Holy Spirit leads everybody in a different way. Mm -hmm. Well, the there's sometimes having an administrative structure helps you be organized. Our God is a God of order, mm -hmm. so it helps us to stay in order, knowing what steps needs to take in a person to be disciple, or mm -hmm. for the harvest, which would be to have a, a good disciple person. So, yeah, definitely. We need to. Um, I also feel that uh, 
um, in the church as well. Uh, you may not, there, there are certain people who may hold on to a position for too long and may not give other people, <laughs> may not give other people opportunities to grow. You know what I mean? So maybe if you're an older person in the church, you've been in that position for a while, maybe it's time for you to switch to the mentor role so you can grow up someone else so they can build up their, um, their skills and whatnot. So I, it's, always, it's always good to maybe try out something new. Um, maybe not hold on too tight to mm -hmm. a position, but let other people have some room to grow as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. I just want to comment on that. We have to remember that when we're discipling, we're discipling for Jesus, mm -hmm. not for ourselves, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to make sure that you're teaching people to use the Bible for themselves, use the gospel, and to go and spread the gospel then from where they are, and not to mm -hmm. just try to keep people you know, under whatever... Uh, philosophy you might come up with. True. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the ways that we can help each other or help other people in the church to harness these these gifts and these talents? Um, I think one of the ways is just giving people opportunities and programs. Um, mm -hmm. You know there might be some people who are very willing and very outgoing so it's very natural to choose those people first whereas mm -hmm. there may be people who are quiet and more reserved and they kind of just get left in the background. They might not feel as involved in the church, and you know, that might even be a lot of the reason why you know youth are kind of leaving the church in a sense because they're not. Mm -hmm. They don't really feel a part of it. They don't really feel involved. So they need to be a, a part mm -hmm. of, yeah, man. of so, the harvest. Yes, the harvest. definitely. Mm -hmm. So give them a role in the church, even if they're reserved. Maybe reach out to them. Um, don't just let leave it uh, to the people who are you know mm -hmm. at the front. Mm -hmm. Look for the people who are in the background as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said about trying to get them involved because, yeah. you know, it's going to, to benefit not just them, but actually the work of the harvest. Because in this exploration, they're mm -hmm. going to, in this exploring, yeah. word, they're mm -hmm. going to, to see, okay, this is my strength and this is where God would have me to be in trying to gather this harvest. Mm -hmm. and, who, and who knows, um, uh, I guess just looking kind of into the world, the working world perhaps, mm -hmm. maybe if they get um, practice speaking in front of people, they might do better in job interviews and whatnot. So really, um, once, you're, once, once they get the, I guess, the benefit of actually doing something in a church service, that might mm -hmm. e that will definitely help them just in regular life, everyday mm -hmm. life as well. I also, I like the idea of getting everybody involved, where everybody in the congregation has something to do. Yeah. Um, if there's people that are off in the back not doing anything, maybe, mm -hmm. there's, maybe there's a need for more um, programs. Hmm. You know, maybe, maybe they have strengths, but those areas that they're strong in are taken. So maybe that's a, a reason for the church or the congregation mm -hmm. to, maybe, maybe they need to grow and outreach or, or something, some other mm -hmm. area. Okay, and in terms of, of harvesting, we brought up the point that, one, not every fruit will be the same and that, you know, there are different methods that you need to use. So how do you think the average church is in terms of trying new methods of reaching different people in the community? How effective do you think they are or have they been? Um, well, I can only speak of my uh, own church background. So I'm from the the greater Toronto area. Um, it's a strong, I, there's, there is a, there's a lot of multiculturalism, but I guess the church uh, I'm more related to is the, the Caribbean side of things. Um, I feel there has been a lot of inreach. Um, we, we know, we each eat the same fruit, so we kind of stick <laughs> with the same, you know, the same fruit, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I feel um, extending outside of that, just getting to know the needs of where you are in your community. Um, 
not everyone likes the Caribbean gospel <laughs> praise and worship. So I, I don't think we hey. should. <laughs> we should. <laughs> hey, I, I like it myself. But you know what? In order to reach other people, uh, mm. we can't necessarily use the same things we've been using for so long. If they're not working, we got to switch up the process and just really see what I guess what the community needs are, and then adapt. We shouldn't mm. be just staying the same. We got to adapt to a new, new and changing mm -hmm. society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very good point. Yeah. And. Um, also, when, when we have this, this process or getting the harvest, right? And that means we're reaching people, maybe unchurched people, different groups of people, and we bring them into, into our community, into the church. How can harvesting go beyond just maybe baptism? Like, what else can we do as a follow-up for but after baptism? You don't just, you know, <laughs> plant them, leave them there, yeah. you know? what? Mm -hmm. You take care, you have a plant, you take care of it, etc. Mm -hmm. So what can we do? What does that look like when dealing with people? Well, we can still reach out to them, not just leave them out. Okay, we'll give them a manual. Oh, this is how the church works. So mm -hmm. you're out on your own now. You became part of us now. You find your way. No, we, we can still show them the way in, the, in our church um, and how things work, basically, and, and still mm -hmm. nurture them, calling them, reaching out to them, inviting them to eat with us prayer together, study, Bible study mm -hmm. together, all the different things we do with the friends we already have. So True. building, making them feel yeah. a part of the community exactly. is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, I also think um, after baptism, um, <laughs> I guess they're just a baby in a sense, you know what I mean? Um, so we really got to follow up with Bible studies. Um, you know, uh, we, I guess we expect people to be studying the Bible on their own, but I guess if you're a new Christian, things might be very new. Um, so maybe a more seasoned Christian can just continue to check up, maybe even offer continual Bible study, um, just so that they're, you know, they grow up mm -hmm. properly. Um, they're a baby in that sense, and like us more mature Christians should try and be raising those people up mm -hmm. yeah, in the right way. Yeah, I also find that, you know, when, when a new person comes into the church, um, we can't just expect them to be in a certain place mm -hmm. spiritually. So we have to continue to guide them and lead them and not just expect them to sort of be part of it. Mm -hmm. um, being a Christian isn't just about being part of a group. It's about growing in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we need to be sensitive to people's weaknesses and their strengths and where they may be in life uh, when mm -hmm. they first come into the church. Mm -hmm. And I want us to, to backtrack a bit. We're talking about, okay, we have them here. Um, mm -hmm. They're in the community, but even before, in our community, but even before that, um, the lesson, and I love this point, it said that evangelism is about telling other beggars where to find bread telling other beggars, you know, and I was like, what does that mean? What do you think that means in terms of harvesting and, and reaching out to people? Well, we are beggars too. <laughs> we need the food as well, the food that we're trying to share, the bread of life or the word of God. Um, we need it first. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of before you can disciple, you have to be one already. You have mm -hmm. to have become a disciple and have the foundation knowledge of God. And we're begging for the same food too. So we're mm -hmm. teaching other beggars to, to know where to go and get the food. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, I think a problem for us too, we got, we got so much of the bread that we're like full and we're falling asleep <laughs> and we're, just not, we're, not, we're not doing anything now. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a big thing right there. We really gotta, you know, we, we've eaten, so let's go work it off. Let's go get some exercise. Let's go actually go out in the street. And uh, there's a lot of people just who have like emotional trauma or going through emotional pain um, and they need that, 
you know, release. They need uh, the gospel. They do. Mm -hmm. They need the gospel. They need forgiveness. And, you know, mm -hmm. we need to really present that Jesus yeah. Christ offers forgiveness for their mm -hmm. sins. You know, um, a lot of times when you do something, uh, I know, like, I feel really guilty and that guilt can be really serious. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel that, you know, people really need that release, knowing that God can forgive them for whatever they've done. Yeah. We need to let the world know that there is a wonderful God and mm -hmm. He loves them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I also think that it's uh, good to know that, or good to realize that the bread may not be the same for everybody at the same point in their life. True. Mm. So where there's certain principles that everybody knows, right versus wrong, but um, Jesus might speak to somebody differently than He speaks to, you know, you or myself. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and so we have to be aware that I might be begging for a certain kind of bread, but be, be aware of somebody else might be begging for a different mm -hmm. type of bread, same bread, but like in a different form. Mm. So. so it might be like a bread with cinnamons and raisins in it, <laughs> but it's still bread and so it's the yeah. same message. So it's still going to exactly. nourish them. It's still yeah. going to be good for them. So what you're saying almost sounds like, it's another big word, and I probably won't pronounce it right, <laughs> contextualization, whatever. We heard about it in classes true, in terms true. of mm. making ministry or what we're giving to people relevant for where they are and who they are. Amen. Amen. I like you know, that. What do you think? What do you think about that? Um, I agree. Um, it's We can't be trying to force feed people um, the same thing. Um, we really got to look at what they need. Um, maybe they need a rye bread and not the, you know, the whole wheat. So I, I really think we got to switch <laughs> mm -hmm. it up. Uh, it's still bread, but there's different forms that we could give them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in terms of describing us as, as beggars, um, mm. you know, and scripture also talks about the need for having more harvesters or people who go out and huh. harvest. So what is, what is so interesting about it is that it says that, you know, there are so, the harvest is ready, but he needs more harvesters. What do you think, Matt? Well, I guess one thing I've noticed in the past, um, again, I have to go back to my own church base. Um, I, can't, I, guess I can't spread it out, but it's from mm -hmm. what I know. Um, a lot of times when there's volunteer initiatives, you see mm -hmm. that the church is full um, during the service in the morning time. But I guess when the actual plow has to hit the ground, there's not as many people who come out to help out with those initiatives. So I think it's just a whole mindset. Um, I guess we just really got to get away of, we just go to church mm -hmm. on Sabbath and we come home and like go to sleep. We eat and then we go to sleep. We really got to change that mindset. We got to look at what God did mm -hmm. for people. And he was out in the field. He was working with people, man. So we really got to, I guess, um, mim well, not I guess, but we really have to mimic what God did and not just um, revert back to what we know. So you're saying we have to, we as people who are involved in the harvesting have to encourage other people to harvest. Hey, yeah, mm -hmm. agreed, agreed for sure. Okay. Not only that, I think it's uh, also another angle would be um, realize that the Holy Spirit is doing a work too. True. So mm -hmm. when, when God, Jesus tells us that the harvest is ripe, the, the Holy Spirit's out there. He's, he's impressing on the hearts of people that may not even have heard. So now he's praying, you know, the Father to call uh, more harvesters uh, because there, there are people out there that need to hear about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What you said about the Holy Spirit, we, I know we're backtracking, but what you said about the Holy Spirit reminds me of something in Luke chapter 24 and verse 20 and verse 49, actually. Mm -hmm. Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. All right, so I have that here from the NIV. Uh, it reads, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have, you have been clothed with power from on high. 
So you talked about the role of the Holy Spirit, and I think you were saying something about waiting. What is the, the connection there mm. in terms of, you know, going out to, to gather this harvest, but mm -hmm. having the need of the Holy Spirit? Why is that so yeah. important? Um, I feel the Holy Spirit, like, if, if we go out into the, into the field, uh, in quotations, um, I feel the Holy Spirit will send us where we need to go. Um, mm -hmm. he'll, he'll let us know, I guess, which areas we need to re reach out to um, and certain things that might be on people's hearts even while we're going in conversation. I just had mm -hmm. a conversation with someone yesterday and I just, I heard the Holy Spirit um, telling me, you know, you should pray for this guy. And mm -hmm. I asked him if he needed prayer and he came and told me, yeah, I actually do. Um, so we really have to listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings, whether it's just prayer, whether it's mm -hmm. um, giving out money to someone. Uh, we really got to listen to that, uh, to the Holy Spirit's voice and then you know, really um, follow through on what he's telling us to do. Well, I think it also has to do with being sensitive to the voice of God, the Holy Spirit speaking to us, but we can't get to that place until we have had that connection with God ourselves huh. first. Mm -hmm. I feel like I keep going back to that point, but, but it's, it's important. so important because we ourselves have to become the harvest of our own, our own planting, the seed of God in, 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 our, in our lives, in our hearts. So, for the Holy Spirit to work in us and to work through other people, we have to come to God and build that connection with Him as well. Mm. Yeah. And that way the, the Holy Spirit will be able to use us in a bigger way, mm. Not, mm. not be limited by our relationship with God not being as what it should mm -hmm. be. Mm. So it's the promise of that power in order to mm. get out there and harvest. Mm -hmm. And it, it's also talking about the, the importance of having patience because when you're when you're planting, does it grow overnight? It does not. It does not. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that we, we might want to expect um, immediate results uh, when we're out there. Um, but as you can see, Jesus was um, his ministry was for so long. He talked to so many people, but at the end, everyone went away from him except for a few people. Hmm. So I think we got to look at that too. Even though we put in a lot, we might not see um, drastic changes, but we mm -hmm. still got to put in the work. For sure. Mm -hmm. And I think Paula, uh, something that I agreed with was um, to touch, she touched on the matter that um, we are fallen, you know, uh, humans are fallen. And without mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. Um, mm -hmm. We just look for our own benefits. We wouldn't be able to reach anybody or fellowship at all. And so mm -hmm. if we realize that it's the Holy Spirit that's doing all of the work, uh, both in us in the people that we're reaching and between us, then it's really about we need to get the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And whether, so we need to, first, we need to be aware of our own spiritual state mm -hmm. and, um, and, and work on our relationship with, Christ, with mm -hmm. God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then trust that the Holy Spirit will guide us, like Jeremy was saying, and then bring in the people that the Holy Spirit has already impressed. Because mm. he's doing the work. We're just bringing point. the work. Mm -hmm. mm. That's a good point. And, and what you're almost saying is that there's a big responsibility that rests on us. Yeah. That we have to seek where the Holy Spirit wants us to be and who he wants us to reach. That's a heavy responsibility. It is. It is. Um, we're going to have to answer for it at the end of time, too. Um, <laughs> you know, what? It, it's a serious thing because what God tells mm -hmm. us to do, we actually have to do it. So it, it is scary, but as the verse was saying, God will give us the power to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's got to rely on God's strength. Great discussion, guys. Thank you once again for being a part of the show. No problem. Thank you for having me.
If you would like to join in the, in the discussion, visit our Facebook page off the link on our website at www.sabbatschoolu.org. That's www.sabbatschool.org. For Sabbath School University, I'm Alarise Colley. We'll see you next week.